And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Today we talk to today's farm winner in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest. We discuss seeding and the impact of COVID-19 on markets and the farming operation. We have information from the Provincial Ag Extension Specialist in Kindersley, who says seeding in western Saskatchewan is moving ahead rapidly. Real Agriculture is talking to the new Dean of the College of Agriculture in Saskatoon. We also have the latest cattle price summary from last week and take a look at early weed control in canola. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Candiac Auction Mart. To consign your cattle, call them today at 424-2967. And Canadian Hail Agencies, providing you hail insurance for 25 years. Contact your broker today to see why Canadian hail adjusters are voted the best in the industry. Today's winner of the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Farms in the Avonlea District, about 80 kilometres southwest of Regina. Dwayne Maholitz is part of a family farming operation covering 8,000 acres. He says seeding is nearing completion. Good. We've got our whittled down to about uh, 1,800 of canola last and then we'll be done. So when do you expect to be done if it doesn't rain? Probably about another four days, four or five days. So how's soil moisture down in Avonlea? The subsoil is really good, and we had ideal conditions, but now that we've hit the canola, the the top's getting a little dried out, but we're hoping we get a little shower and get a good germ. So did you finish harvest last fall or this spring? Late last fall, the day before all the weather broke loose. And how was harvest? Pretty good. We were we're happy with everything. Probably a little bit above above average. Make any change to seeding plans this spring? Ah. Not a whole bunch. We kind of stick to a rotation of uh, oil seed to pulse and a, a cereal. So we kind of stick with that. Tell me, is the COVID-19 having much of an impact on your farm operation? I wouldn't say a whole bunch. There's a little bit more like when you're going into the supplies and stuff. They was you're just doing your hands and that kind of thing. But no, not not really. Out of the farm, it's pretty pretty much business as usual. Give me your thoughts on markets right now and, and grain prices. Yeah, they're kind of, it's it's hard to find that one that looks like it's going to be the big payer this year. But yeah, there definitely things are down a bit. So we'll hope for big yields or something to change, I guess. What looks best to you right now? Uh, we've been growing, we've, we've put some canary in. Canary paid pretty good uh, last year, so we're hoping maybe that will continue. And hoping maybe the lentils will, will maybe stay up where they are. The lentils are pretty good right now, too. Dwayne Mahalitz farms at Avonlea and is today's winner of the Spring 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest. He receives a great meal from Peg's Kitchen and other treats. Back in a moment. This segment is brought to you by the Canadian Canola Growers Association, helping farmers succeed for over 35 years. Visit ccga.ca to learn more. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau says farmers will benefit from yesterday's expansion of the eligibility of the Canada Emergency Business Account. She says farmers without payroll can now access the $40,000 interest-free loan available under SEBA, up to $10,000 of which is forgiven if the rest is repaid by December 31, 2022. To qualify, farmers with payroll lower than $20,000 need a business operating account at a financial institution, a Canada Revenue Agency business number, and filed a tax return in the past two years. Eligible non-deferrable expenses between $40,000 and $1.5 million. Eligible non-deferrable expenses include rent, 
property taxes, utilities, and insurance. Bebeau says for those who are still unable to access the emergency business account, earlier announced programs like the Regional Relief and Recovery Fund may help. A large area has been seeded in west-central Saskatchewan over the past week under very good conditions. Jenny Polito is the Crops Extension Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture in Kindersley. He estimates seeding at 70%, up significantly from last week. He says many farmers in west-central Saskatchewan need only a few more days to wrap up. And he says soil moisture is relatively good. Actually, most of the growers I've talked to have um, indicated that seedbed moisture uh, is adequate to good, and, and uh, most of them are quite confident about what they've seen so far. So uh, much improved from a year ago when we were really struggling to seed into moisture. So uh, most of them seem to be reasonably happy with the moisture at this point in time. Ippolito says a few cereal crops have emerged from the ground, but more will be up in the next 10 days. He says there will likely be significant post-emergent weed control because of the cool spring. He says insects may become an issue. Diamondback moth traps that we have out. Um, just trying to see if the adults have arrived from the southern U.S. And um, in the last couple of weeks, we're definitely seeing more diamondbacks in the traps than we've seen for a number of years. So obviously the winds were right for them, but we are seeing more diamondback moth adults arrive this spring compared to past springs. One of the challenges for them is, uh, like I said, very little crops emerged. Those adults kind of got about a 10 to 15 day window to lay some eggs on, you know, kind of host plants of the appropriate species. So I guess we're we're assuming right now, anyways, they're probably laying eggs on things like volunteer canola or uh, some of the cruciferous weeds like mustard and stinkweed because there's really no canola there for them. So too early to say we're in trouble, but uh, this is definitely early for the diamondback moss to be arriving. Ippolito says there are reports of flea beetles west of Kindersley, and it may be another concern. He says farmers will welcome some moisture as seeding nears completion. Johnny Polito is the Crops Extension Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture in Kindersley. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source, 620 CKRM. This is your Real Agriculture Update brought to you by the Mind Your Farm Business Podcast. Stay on top of farm management issues year-round at mindyourfarmbusiness.com. Last week, it was announced that the University of Saskatchewan Agricultural College will have a new dean in August, and it is Dr. Angela Bedard-Hahn, and she joins us right now. Dr. Bedard-Hahn, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, Sean? Hey, it's great to chat with you. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Very excited about the, the new opportunity. Yeah. So give, your, give our audience a bit of a background on yourself before we start to look ahead to the future here. Uh, for sure. I grew up in Saskatchewan. So I grew up on a farm just north of St. Bruce, Saskatchewan, a mixed farm. And uh, I graduated high school. I came into Saskatoon to go to university. I, my first degree was in physical geography, actually. And then I did my uh, my master's degree in soil science, went on to California to do a PhD in, in soil science. And I was just really lucky that I had the opportunity to come back to Saskatchewan. Um, I, I knew all along that this is, where, this is where I wanted to end up. And so I've been on faculty in the Department of Soil Science in the College of Ag Bio since 2006. And yeah, then this opportunity came along and I thought, you know, I just love working. I, I had enough time working with our stakeholders, with our partners, directly with producers between my own 
upbringing, my research program and my role as the associate dean, um, associate dean research, that I thought this is just a wonderful natural extension of that to just be able to give back to the community a little bit more. Okay, so no stranger to the U of S, uh, no stranger to Saskatchewan. Uh, what what do you what will you bring to the U of S? Can we expect change or can we expect the same as? Well, what's your vision? I think what we really need now is for uh, for our college to get a little bit more nimble. So there's, I think things have been changing really quickly and you know, what we're going through right now with the pandemic is just a perfect example of that. Uh, we're seeing more and more technology in agriculture. We're seeing a lot more um, um, public interest in how food is produced. There's just, there's so many moving parts to, uh, to the ag industry. It's no, I think we'd gotten to sort of come full circle where there was a stage where people were producing their own food on the farm and then people moved to the cities and sort of food happened over there and just miraculously appeared in the grocery stores. And now we've got this largely urban population who's really interested in where their food is coming from. And so we're trying to juggle all of these pieces and at the same time, our, our producers need to produce more and more uh, on an ever diminishing margin. We've got uh, all of this fascinating kind of value added processing opportunities happening. And uh, so I think as a, as a college, it's important for us to be able to both keep on top of what's happening, make sure that our research is, is contributing to and leading and informing what's happening in the industry as a whole, but also that our training programs are really reflective of that. And I think that's where we're, we're, we need to spend a little bit more time making sure that we've got some mechanisms for providing adaptable programming, right? As things change quickly, can we do a better job of making sure that our students are equipped to deal with this rapidly changing environment? So how do, you, how do you stay on top of that? How do, how do you make sure that when somebody graduates from the institution that you, you've synced and you've met, you know, making sure they have the skills and training that they're the best fit for, you know, the current work environment? Of course, you're, you're having to think ahead here. You're kind of trying to have to do some crystal ball sort of thinking. But what does that process look like to make sure you're hitting that mark as well as you can? So I think there's two pieces there. One is is communication, staying really closely connected with the ag community, right? Because very often uh, our, our producers are amazing, right? They're out there trying stuff before other people have even thought of it. They're like, oh, this is a really good idea, and I'm going to go and try this on a Sunday afternoon. And then it's a it, uh, they might only be able to try it on one little corner of one field but we can work with them to to try and scale you know scale that up and see if it applies elsewhere that type of thing making sure that our research at uh, through our communications with our with our partners our various stakeholders that the research that we're doing is as as relevant as it can be so that we can provide that up-to-date information um in a in a trusted uh, scientifically based format but in from the, the teaching and training perspective i think one of the most important pieces of that is exposing our students to whatever is is changing and and happening at the moment but also teaching them how to think right teaching them how to be lifelong learners this has been your real agriculture update you can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com whether you're out in the barns or working in the fields you can stay on top of farm management issues with the mind your farm business podcast we talk about human resources. We can attract the right candidates and that doesn't have to come at a high cost. We cover succession planning. 
it doesn't matter if the next generation is ready if the senior generation isn't. We talk about financial management. Number one, profits is your kingdom. Number two, cash is king. You can find all episodes of the Mind Your Farm Business podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or mindyourfarmbusiness.com. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland. Get ready for seeding with New Holland equipment from Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather forecast, cloudy, 30% chance of showers this afternoon. Windy's 20, gusting to 40, becoming southeast 40, gusting to 60 this afternoon. The high today, 27, risk of a thunderstorm overnight. Windy and a low of 16. Tomorrow, partly cloudy. Wind south 40, gusting to 60. The high 24 Thursday, the low 8. Friday, sunny and again a bit cooler at a high of 22, the low 7. Saturday, sunny, the high 18, the low 5. Sunday, sunny, the high 19, the low 7. Monday, partly cloudy, the high 21, the low 8. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high 22. Normal high for this day, 20. The normal low is 5 degrees. The sun rose at 5.04 this morning. It sets at 8.46 tonight. And right now, the hot spot is Moose Jaw at 26 degrees. Collins Bay is the cold spot at plus 2. Estevan is 25. Saskatoon, 11. Swift Current, 19. Weyburn, 23. Yorkton is 25. In Regina, cloudy and 25. That's 77 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the east at 42, gusting to 57. Humidity is 50%. The barometer dropping 100.6. In Moose Jaw, under a severe thunderstorm watch, it's cloudy and 26. Winds are from the east at 34, gusting to 66. Once again, Regina, cloudy and 25. That's 77 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And SMHI, crop hail insurance at cost. Online or connect with an agent. Storms are unpredictable. SMHI isn't. SMHI.ca Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were showing some upward movement last week. Provincial cattle specialist Leah Clark says the average price of feeder steers rose by $4.20 per hundredweight. Saskatchewan feeder steer prices were mostly improved this week with the exception of the 600 to 700 steer category, which was lower by $1.47 per hundredweight. The 5 to 600 pound steers remained even with last week, and all other weight categories realized increases, ranging from $3.63 per hundredweight in the 7 to 800 pound category to $9.44 per hundredweight in the over 900 pound steer category. On average, Saskatchewan feeder steer prices increased by $4.20 over the week. Saskatchewan feeder heifer prices experienced an average increase of $5.35 per hundredweight for the week. The largest price increase was for the three to 400 weight heifers, while price increases at $1.50 for the 800 plus pound heifers compared to the previous week. And what were the factors pushing up the feeder cattle prices? We're, if you look to the futures, we're seeing those increase. They, they plateaued a little bit this week, but we're seeing general increases. Slaughter capacity has increased again this week, so lots of positives in the markets. What were marketings? Campbacks reported a total of 5,742 head of cattle were sold in Saskatchewan over the week, down from 
close to 10,000 the previous week and less than 6,281 marketed during the same week in 2019. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? Prices of live non-fed cattle in Alberta increased compared to the previous week on limited volume. The price of D2 slaughter cows increased $6.62 per hundredweight to average $78.29. The price of D3 slaughter cows increased $7.55 per hundredweight from the previous week to average $68.25 per hundredweight. The price of live steers in Alberta was averaged at one twenty-one. 81 per hundredweight from 107 the previous week. Rail prices demonstrated an unprecedented spread over the week from $183.50 to $238.50 per hundredweight, up from last week. And any U.S. factors influencing the market? Just looking at slaughter capacity in those futures markets, which are looking better this week again. Leah Clark compiles the weekly cattle market summary for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by YAC Auctions, the first name you should think of in the auction business. Call 782-5999. The latest issue of Canola Watch is about early weed control in farm fields. Jay Wetter has the details. Ian Epp, agronomy specialist for the Canola Council of Canada, and Clark Brenzel, Saskatchewan's provincial specialist in weed control, emphasize the value of a pre-seed burn-off. It provides an opportunity to get winter annuals and perennials before they get any bigger, as well as volunteer canola and newly emerging weeds when they're very small. Here's Clark Brenzel. You have to really look closely because those weeds may not be very big. They may be as big as the head of a pin, but they're there. Brenzel shares University of Saskatchewan research showing that an early pre-seed burnoff pays off, even if you won't be seeding that field for a couple of weeks. The research compared three treatments. Early burnoff, early seeding, early burnoff, late seeding, late burnoff, late seeding. What they found is that the early burn-off timing, there is little difference in, in yield for those, those crops that were seeded at different times, but the weed control was done at the same time. They found that those two yielded very similarly, whereas the burn-off that was done just before the later seeding date there was a reduction in yield compared to the other two. Ian Epp has tips to improve results for a pre-seed burn-off. Some of this stuff comes back to you, scouting. You want to look at your field ahead of time and say, okay, how many weeds are there? How big are they? What rate do I want to do? What rate can I get away with? Is a half-liter equivalent of glyphosate, is that enough to kill everything that's there? Um, do I need to up my rates because, oh, there are some bigger weeds that some other previous application may be missed, or is there a concern there? Are they escapes, frost risk. Again, if we apply the herbicide a bit too early or on an un, you know, just after a hard frost, could be that we don't actually get that control. Daytime conditions, again, you want, you know, above 10 degrees is ideal. Uh, warmer is better. So if you have, if you have to cherry pick when do you spring, usually that warm afternoon, is there a frost coming? What's really important for those daytime conditions is for those, those more established plants like perennials and winter annuals. Um, they've got that bigger root system and that's the target of your application. 
And so you want to make sure that you, if you've got those species in the system, that you, um, you give that glyphosate the best advantage by putting it on in that warmer, sunnier day. Epp then explains the value of a tank mix with your pre-seed glyphosate. Yeah, so there's two main reasons why we would add a tank mix to the pre-seed glyphosate. Uh, the first one is resistance management, um, reducing that selection pressure, having two effective modes of action. Um, hopefully, we're reducing the selection pressure on glyphosate, glyphosate being the pillar, the backbone of our no-till agriculture in Western Canada. We really need to keep that as an effective mode of action. Uh, the second one is improved weed control. Um, you know, we, we, especially if you have target specific weeds that are giving you problems that are maybe our uh, glyphosate alone or timing hasn't been ideal, we're getting some escapes. So cleavers, obviously, we can add a product that's actually improving our control of that weed in addition to minimize or reducing some of the selection pressure. Um, or if you have kochia, you're not sure, you don't think it's glyphosate resistant. Again, two modes of action. But also, you might get some better control on that kochia if you add a tank mix partners. Um, you know, we might talk about changing your water volume. Uh, you're going to have to do a bit more rinsing in between. Maybe if you're doing a, a pre-burn between canola and then cereals, it might have been all glyphosate. Now, you know, rinsing the sprayer is really important, especially if you get some group twos that we're adding in. But it's a really effective way of reducing some of that selection pressure. To conclude, App and Brenzel condense their message into a couple of key sentences. If I have one thing that I would like growers to do this season with their pre-seed burn off, would be to add a tank mix partner to their glyphosate and spray as early as you can. Your sprayer can travel a lot better on fields that aren't suitable for seeding. And so get that stuff done early over all your fields and then start seeding. That's a wrap on this edition. For more canola agronomy tips, visit canolawatch.org. Canola Watch is a research-based agronomy service from the Canola Council of Canada in cooperation with the Provincial Canola Grower Associations, SAS Canola, Alberta Canola, and Manitoba Canola Growers. Jay Wetter compiles the Canola Watch program coming up, Market Update. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia, and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were showing upward movement in early trading today. Viterra's prices for canola gained 60 cents at $440.48. Oats rose $3.72 at $252.22. Number one red spring wheat went up $3.55 at $221.74. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $266.39. Feed barley, $188.71. Flax, $629.79. Lentils, $638.50. Yellow peas, $285.89. Feed wheat, $182.70. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, July spring wheat rose 10 cents at 5.18 and a quarter cent a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Assiniboia and Weyburn Livestock Auctions. Call Assiniboia, 642-4180 or Weyburn, 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. 
Now, the latest livestock quotations. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for Wednesday, May the 20th. Just a regular sale today, 150 cows and bulls with 400 feeders, a total of 550 for the day. Cows and bulls selling steady with last week. D1, D2 cows, 74 to 84, sales to 85, 86. D3 cows, 64 to 74. Good bulls, 110 to 120, sales to 127, 128. On to the feeder sale, we had some smaller steer calves here weighing three to 400 pound steer calves at 235 to 245, and then we jump right up to the six to 700 pound steers at 210 to 220, seven to eight, 180 to 194, eight to 900 pound steers, 170 to 180, and nine to 1,000 pound steers at 147 to 157. On to the heifer side, four to 500 pound heifers, $2 to 210. Five to sixes, one eighty-five to two dollars. Six to seven hundred pound heifers, one seventy-five to one eighty-five. Seven to eights, one fifty-five to one sixty-five. And eight to nine hundred pound heifers, one fifty to one fifty-nine. Some highlights here this morning: the turn-off farms of Camsac, eight hundred and seventy-five pound tan steers at one seventy-four. Nine hundred and thirty-five pound tan steers at one fifty-five. Their heifers brought. 740-pound tan heifers at 162 and 835-pound tan heifers at 159. Also, a group of replacement heifers from the Benfield Ranch at Springside, 850-pound Simmental Red Angus Cross heifers weighing 850 pounds at 158. Can't make them better than that. Good job, guys. Next week, May the 27th and the June 3rd sales will be pre-sort sales. 400 head booked for next week's pre-sort sale so far. And Friday, June the 5th, we have a cow-calf pair sale, 35 pairs booked so far for that sale. Also like to mention this Friday, May the 22nd, sheep, lamb, goat, horse, sheep, lamb, goat sale. Sale starts at 11 o'clock on Friday, receiving Thursday from 12 till 8, and Friday morning right till sale time. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. Be safe, be smart, be kind. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 8,700 hogs Tuesday, selling in a range of 175 to 208 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,700 head, selling in a range of 174 to 210 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are selling in the range of 21 to 27 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and forward contract prices opened lower this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar was up 103 basis points but the daily exchange rate at 1.3893. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 72.02 cents U.S. U.S. cash reference markets are mixed, with Western Corn Bill up $3.03 a hundred weight, Iowa Southern Minnesota formula down 77 cents, and both national bases up by 48 cents U.S. a hundred weight. While reference markets are still making inconsistent moves day over day, the tone is less intense as seen only a couple weeks ago, and there is a sense that they are leveling out as new marketing dynamics are unfolding amid the virus outbreak. Foreign prices are still supported by the basket of hogs priced off the cutout, and the net value of the carcass remains historically high. But there are ideas that values may have hit their peak, and evidence that some softness in various primals is developing once again. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. A few provinces have enacted fire restrictions, not so much because of the conditions, but because of COVID-19. 
Ontario, Alberta and B.C. have restrictions, but they vary and are not a complete provincial ban. In Saskatchewan, there is no ban across the province, but individual RMs have brought in fire bans. Forest ecology researcher with Natural Resources Canada, Jan Boulanger, explains that the bans are to mitigate the risk to firefighters. Because if one person on a team gets the virus, they will all have to be quarantined. So there may be fewer firefighters dealing with the wildfires. Conditions are ripe for wildfires, in particular from Manitoba to B.C. Boulanger says the forecast for June through August is hotter than average, leading to an increased risk. Since 1990, wildfires across Canada have consumed an average of 2.5 million hectares a year. The Saskatchewan government has outlined its $150 million Municipal Economic Enhancement Program. It's designed for infrastructure projects and covers about $143 per person to local municipalities to stimulate economic recovery and encourage local job creation. On the markets, North American stock markets surged higher in late morning trading and the price of oil rose as businesses have slowly started to open up again after being shut down due to the pandemic. The TSX Composite Index was up 154 points at 15,040. In New York, the Dow Jones average was up 428 points at 24,635. The Canadian dollar traded at $72 even U.S. compared with an average of 71.98 cents Tuesday. The July crude oil contract was up 95 cents at 32.91 a barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming.